Hey guys, welcome back to the Running in Circles podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hamilton, and today I'm joined by Brock Kelly. Brock is a runner from Mississippi College, where he has helped the team win their indoor conference and compete very well in the postseason. He's also very passionate about videography and storytelling. Most recently, he's become a viral sensation with his video series, The Daily Mile on Instagram. The idea of the series is that he posts a short 60-second reel every day, documenting his comeback to running from injury, along with the rest of his day. In this episode, we talk about how it all started and how he almost stopped making the Daily Mile videos because of how time-consuming it was. We also go over topics such as how college runners can cultivate good culture and community on their team and how he has matured as a runner through the years. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes of all time that I've ever recorded, and you can really tell how passionate Brock is when he speaks. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did, and you can take some of this stuff and apply it to your own life. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the one and only Brock Kelly. Was there a turning point where you felt like your maturity as a runner kind of went up? Because I don't know how many injuries you've had, but I know you're coming back from one now. And just how do you feel like you kind of have a mature reaction to those injuries? And do you feel like um, before maybe in high school, if you got injured, you would have like reacted differently probably. But how do you feel like your maturity uh, from a running standpoint has changed? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I didn't deal with a whole lot of injuries in high school. But after high school, um, my freshman year in college, I ended up having some pretty, I had had an injury that was, I had IT band issues and then Achilles issues. And that was, that was the first injury that I'd ever dealt with, which they were kind of simultaneous. Like it was IT band issues. And then as I was coming back, I had Achilles issues and that put me out. And I remember being absolutely devastated because I'd put like all my stock into running. Like I wasn't focused on anything else, but it was like running was my life. And so I had all this stock put into running. I remember. Like I, I'll I'll just be honest here. here. Like I don't cry very much, but I remember just like bawling and weeping at that moment. And I was like, "This is." And my friend Jacob mentioned this to me the other day. He's like, "I've never seen you cry except for that one time." And I was like, "Yeah, that was one time." And I I had lost, so I I that was at the end of the season. I felt like at the end of the season, I was kind of, um, I guess what am I looking for? At the end of the season, my coach said, "Okay, like you're injured, like you aren't going to be able to compete at conference." And I was just devastated. So I was sitting there and I was crying and I was like, man, um, I'm going to, I'm going to have to figure this out. And so I kind of went back to the drawing board and I was like, well, I have to, I don't have running anymore right now. Like I have to take some time off of running. So what am I going to do? What am I going to fill my time with? And a lot of what I fill my time with in that time, like, I, I don't feel like it was good. It wasn't necessarily bad, but I wasn't trying to get back from the injury really. It was just kind of like this state of up and down and up and down. And maybe I wasn't making like the best decisions in my life. It wasn't like I wasn't going out and like doing heroin or anything crazy, but it was just like maybe I wasn't making the best decisions at that point. And I realized that and I was like, well, I need to go back to what I know is true. And so I started kind of diving back into I, I'm a Christian. I started diving back into the word, diving into the gospel, seeing what Jesus preached again, and started building up my relationship and going back to church and listening to all my mentors there. And they helped me get through that injury. And so that was the way that I was able to mature throughout that kind of time period. And that gave me a lot of peace and it helped me mature a lot as a runner, but I feel like there's different times in my life where I've matured as a runner. Uh, There's definitely been things that I've learned throughout, uh, throughout my time just running. Uh, There there were definitely some things I learned this past summer, just being with all the 10 man guys and just being out there in Colorado, just huge running culture. I feel like there was a lot that I was able to learn there 
And to see those guys, they deal with injuries all the time. And some of, they're always battling injuries. I remember Sam Parsons, he always had an injury. There was never a point over the summer whenever he, he wasn't dealing with something. And I, I just remember that. And I was like, okay, well, injuries is kind of a thing in running. You just have to kind of stay ahead of it. And you have to figure out what's causing it. And you have to treat the symptoms. And so that was, I was able to learn a lot about it there. And then this, this past season, so in cross-country season, it, we, we got probably, probably about a month into the season before this injury really started popping up. I didn't really know how serious it was, but ended up ending my season. And I wasn't completely devastated because I hadn't put all my eggs in one basket. I hadn't put all my eggs into this running basket of this is all that I am. I had my eggs in other baskets, and it was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a videographer. I'm a creator. I'm a Christian. I find my value in, in my relationship with the Lord. And that was by having all of these other things, it was like, even though running was taken away and running is a big part of my life and running is a huge part of who I am, it's like I'm able to find joy in other places. So that's kind of how I've been able to mature and handle these injuries. And at the same time, like I'm able to find joy in other places, but I'm also doing the right things to get back. If you've been following on Instagram, The Daily Mile, that started because I was going to swim a mile every day to stay, in, to stay in shape while I couldn't run. And so it was a good way to get some of that pent up energy out of not being able to run that frustration, but it was also challenging. And it was like, I'm, I'm swimming a mile almost every day. And if I'm not doing a mile, I'm on the elliptical. So that it's, it's just kind of been a ongoing process of learning how to manage injuries. When you're coming back from the injury now and having to kind of run, like I know one of the first videos I saw of you running like a half mile, how does it feel to kind of be coming back super slowly? And how do you kind of hold your back, hold yourself back a little bit, I guess, because coming back from injury, I feel like you would immediately want to go just immediately just rip some miles. Like, so yeah, how do you stay patient throughout that process? Yeah. So I was off for about 10 weeks and after being off for that long, I was completely ready to just get out there and rip some miles. I remember I made that YouTube video. I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video, but I made a YouTube video. It was my first run back in three months is what it was called. And that was a half mile run. I remember just filming that video, going out and running, finishing the run. I was like, I jogged. It felt like I just jogged to this like tree and back. It felt like I hadn't run anywhere. And so throughout, I guess, I guess for that, for that video, it was like, I finished that run and I just wanted to go out and run some more. That was, it was hard to kind of manage that, but I knew that the best thing for me was to just be patient and just be patient with this build and just try to get back as slowly, but meticulously as possible. You mentioned one of the things that you kind of had put your eggs into, I guess, instead of putting them all into running was videography and stuff. So how did you get started with that? So I started... I actually started doing photography in eighth grade. My friend Zach, he was a big photographer. He did a lot of, uh, he shot photos of the stars. He was on the yearbook staff. And I really enjoyed that, just watching what he did there. And I asked my parents for a camera for Christmas. And so they got me one and I was able to join the yearbook staff for like six months or whatever. It wasn't very long, but I was able to take some photos and kind of got, got my first camera. And I really enjoyed doing that. And then 10, I guess it was 11th grade year, in high school, I was like, I'm going to bring this camera along with me. And I'm just going to start taking video at a track meet. I'd been watching Zach Levitt and Ryan Trahan and some of those guys. And it, it was just kind of this experience where I was like, I'm going to bring a camera along to a track meet because nobody else is doing this right now, especially in the South. It's kind of weird because we're in that corner of the country where there's not really like a whole lot of video creation going on. 
there's there was a very limited amount back in 11th grade whenever I was doing this. It was like Ryan Trahan was kind of over in Texas. And that's kind of, I guess that's technically the South, but it's kind of, Texas is its own place. But where we are kind of in Mississippi, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And so we'd go to these track meets over in Birmingham and I would bring a camera along and the videos were terrible. The editing editing software I was on was terrible. The Just the quality, the focus on the camera, I remember that being a big issue. And I, I just I just knew that I needed to, I needed to upgrade my gear at some point and that was kind of, but that was my intro into creating videos. And what I learned from that is that I needed to, I, I really enjoyed the process of creating videos. It felt very three-dimensional as opposed to where photography felt two-dimensional. It was like, there was a lot of flexibility. There was a lot of layering I could do. I was piecing together a story by taking all these different clips and then able to color grade these clips. It was, it was just a very captivating experience for me and it was very meditative in a lot of ways and stressful in a lot of ways and I loved it <laughs> it's kind of like running kind of felt like kind of reminded me of whenever I first started running that was that same type of feeling was there a moment where you like had a um realize that there were kind of a lot of people watching on YouTube and you went from just kind of posting to post to oh there are actually people that are watching and enjoying this content yeah, I mean, this past summer was a big turning point, and I learned a lot this past summer, especially going going in with the ten man guys, and Max McNearly, Max yeah, Max McNearney, the photographer. He talked to me and said, "Hey, like, here's how we make our videos. Here's kind of what we do. But I know you have your own style. You can pretty much do whatever you want. We're just kind of leaving it up to you." And I said, "Okay, cool." So I started studying the analytics on the ten man elite channel, and what I saw there is that. They had, I would watch a 10 man video and I'm like, what makes this video good? Like, why does it have this audience retention? Why are people watching this? Why are people commenting? What are people getting from this? And so I'd watch a video and I would look through that video and I was like, man, this is super cool. And the thing that they did really well was add value. They were talking about their experiences as a pro runner in a way that other people could watch their videos and walk away and feel like, oh, I feel like I just learned something. I feel like I gained something from that. And that was something that my videos were always missing up until this past summer. It was always kind of like, oh, I'm just going to kind of tell my own story, whatever it is, and I'm just going to make content and I'm going to kind of make it cool. But this past summer, I was able to see what that, what it looked like to add value. And I realized, wait, I can do this on my own channel. I have a little bit of experience in running. So I just started talking about my experiences in running with things that I felt like were valuable. And other people started tagging along and they were like, wait, this guy's, this guy's making good content. He's making cool stuff. And so I didn't completely abandon the cool stuff. It wasn't like I was just out there with my iPhone, just walking around making making content just on my iPhone. It was like I had my camera, I had everything, I had a process that I developed over the course of five, six years, however long I'd been making videos. And that process, that culmination of five years of work put me in a position to where I was like, oh, this is the one thing that's missing. I want to add value. So... How did the opportunity to work with Tin Man come up? So um, this past February, no, maybe it was February. Maybe it was the end of January on 2023. I was at a track meet with my team. We were in Boston. So I run for Mississippi College and I was at a track meet with my team. We were in Boston, indoor track. You know, it's always, it's fast. Everyone wants to go there to run PRs. And I'm sitting there and I, I ran the mile that day. It wasn't a super good race. But I had my camera and I was making a video, making a vlog, YouTube video or something. And that was the same day that um, Yard Nagoose went 
uh, he, I don't remember whatever he ran in that. I guess it was the three k, and then yeah. Woody Kincaid went twelve fifty two in the five k or something like that, and so it was that same day. And Sam Parsons ran the German national indoor record, and I I walked over. I walked out of the venue, and I was wearing a hat. I wonder if I have that. I don't think I have the hat here, but I was wearing a hat from uh, a couple YouTubers I watched called Colin and Samir. I don't know if you're familiar with Colin and Samir, but yeah. they make content content creators. Yeah, and so I was wearing a press publish hat. And I walk out and Sam said, and Sam looks at me. He's like, yo, I love those guys. I was like, wait, what What are you talking to me? And this guy's just set the German 5k national record. I'm walking out holding a camera, just looking like a idiot probably. And he looks at me and he's like, wait a second. I love those guys. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I, I went over and started, struck up a conversation with them. And I was like, oh yeah, I make videos. And I was like, I actually have a teammate of mine who just ran a pretty fast time. He went, I had a teammate that went like 759 that was German as well. And so it was kind of like, oh, there's a cool connection there. And he was like, well, send me some of your stuff. And so I got back to Mississippi. I was on campus and I went on Instagram and just sent him a link to my YouTube channel. And then from there, Max McNearney reached out to me maybe a month later. and was like, hey, you want to come intern for us? I was like, yes. <laughs> and so that opportunity arose. And I, it was just a really cool op- opportunity to go out there and help create content for them and film videos and uh, just everything. <laughs> Being out there with them, are there any kind of um lessons that you learned or stuff that stood out to you just um i'm assuming you probably got the chance to like run with them as well as creating the content Mm -hmm. it was definitely a a lot of the most valuable stuff i learned was from brian which brian brian's kind of an interesting guy he's kind of a weird guy but he's a very you can tell he's a very thoughtful guy and i kind of hate that he left 10 man but not that anymore but he he left 10 man but he was a very thoughtful person and you could tell whenever he would talk about his running psychology he was one of the first people that introduced me to Ryan Hall's book, Run the Mile, like Run the Mile You're In. And that was one of the biggest things that helped me stay motivated to continue to run my 100-mile weeks in the summer as well as to get into the early part of my season and continue training, like just just being present and being in the moment where you are. So Brian was one of those guys that just he you could tell he was very thoughtful about and intentional about the way that he was running. And I I can't remember like all the stuff he said that was run the mile you're in. He showed me uh, Ryan Hall's book and that was really good, but I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff. I can't think of a whole lot of the other stuff, but it was just kind of interesting to see the guys on a day-to-day basis. That was some of the most valuable stuff I got was just watching them live their lives because you think, uh, I guess from an outside perspective, you're looking at these pro runners and you're like, these guys must be like David Goggins. These guys must be like pedal to the metal. I'm I'm going to go out here and I'm going to crush this every single day. I'm going to put my soul on the line every single day. And that's not really what it is. <laughs> it's 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 completely separated from that. <clears throat> these are very for the most part they're pretty gentle people. They're they're these guys that are like I'm going to get out here and I'm I have this relationship with other people. Like I have relationships and I have a family I'm trying to raise and I have these things that are going on in my life that take up some of my time and attention. Like running isn't my entire life. There's other things that I do, but running is a huge part of my life and I absolutely love it. And seeing that mentality where I think if you, if I don't know if you've listened to Nick Bear's podcast, I, I assume, have uh, you ever, have you ever heard Nick a, Bear's a little, podcast? A little bit. Yeah. I've listened to one or two episodes. Yeah. Nick Bear has this idea of being all in, all in versus all consumed. And he says, whenever he's all consumed with something, it feels like his, it feels like he's completely devoted his life to something. It feels like all his eggs are in one basket. 
it's kind of the same thing we were talking about earlier. It's like all your eggs are in one basket and you're all consumed. And the things that matter in life, like your family or your relationships or your faith, any of those things, they kind of get pushed to the side. And he says that there's also this side of the coin where you are all in, but not all consumed. So you're all in going for this goal, but you still have, you still separate and put time to the side to focus on family, to focus on business, to focus on uh, your relationships and your faith. And he says that that whenever he's able to balance all the pillars, he's able to actually perform better. And I feel like seeing the 10 man guys and seeing what they did, the way that they were able to balance all the pillars of their life that weren't running with running is what makes them good. It's what creates success in professional athletes. And I was like, oh, well, this is, this makes a lot of sense. It's not the, it's not that they're out here just like David Gogginsing, David Gogginsing, I guess that's a word. <laughs> they're not just out here doing the David Goggins and trying to just grit their way all the way through. They're being very meticulous about living life. And it's not all running, even though a lot, a huge part of it is like, let's say 30, 40% of their life is running. But the other part is like, oh, well, I'm doing normal stuff. I'm doing normal life stuff. I'm, I'm spending time with my girlfriend. I'm going out to eat. I'm spending time growing my faith. I'm spending time learning. I'm, uh, there, were, there were just all these different, and each athlete on the team was different. I don't want to group them all into the same group, but each athlete had their own things that they were prioritizing, their own things that they valued. So it was interesting to see that, and it kind of goes along with the same idea, like I was talking about all in versus all consumed. You mentioned how faith is something that's really important to you that you can kind of find value in other than running if you're injured and stuff. But how do you kind of integrate faith into running, I guess, and Mm -hmm. use faith to kind of um, become a stronger runner? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of with faith. So I know I know a lot of people aren't Christian and that's that's totally fine. Like you can completely tune this out or you can hear me out, whatever it is. But with faith, there is this you have to have this trust that something is going to be all right. You have to have this trust that what you're doing is going to be okay. Like I'm, I'm putting all my faith into this one thing. And I have to trust that because I put my faith in this, there is this gap. Like it's, it's like, I have to like jump off of this cliff and just expect that I'm going to be saved. Right. So with running, it's kind of the same way. Like if you're in the middle of a race and you're like, I need to take this chance right now. I need to take this jump. It's like, okay, well I'm going to, take this jump and I'm going to put, I'm just going to put my faith in the fact that I have good training. And this is more of a parallel as opposed to how I like integrate my faith into running. But this is, this kind of a parallel, I guess, but it's like, I'm going to put all my faith into this idea that my training is good enough and I'm going to take this risk right now. And because I'm taking this risk, because I'm taking this, I'm stepping out on this platform and I don't know what's going to happen. That's where I'm going to have to take a step of faith. And in the same way, I feel like whenever I'm in the, whenever I'm in the Bible, whenever I'm reading the word, whenever I'm growing my relationship with Christ, I feel like there's a lot more balance in my life. There's this opportunity to just, just feel more, more peace with what I'm doing. It's like, I'm not all in on this one thing on this running. I'm able to actually spend time with God and I'm able to grow my relationships there. And whenever, whenever that relationship is thriving, I think more clearly. And whenever I'm thinking more clearly, I'm able to be more in the moment with running. And I'm also able to be more in the moment with my relationships and I'm able to be more in the moment with school and with making videos. And so my faith is kind of like that, that steady underlying thing in my life that keeps me grounded.
You mentioned before about your daily miles series, about the series where you're making a video on Instagram every day. And one of them that particularly stuck out to me was, I think it was a few days ago, but was it was where you're kind of talking about how you were not sure if you were going to get to 50 episodes and you're thinking about stopping. And then kind of just before you stopped and you upload another video, the, one of the videos kind of went a little bit viral. So can you talk a little bit more on that topic and just kind of, yeah. That was a crazy topic because uh, that was actually one of my stories on Instagram. And so I, I was at probably 45 episodes and I was sitting there and I was like, man, this is getting hard. This is getting difficult to be able to balance these. And it's still difficult. Like I'm still trying to navigate how I'm going to continue to do this because I kind of want to make it to a hundred at least, which would be really cool to be able to do that. But it's pretty difficult to balance because I'm having to devote an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours to editing each day. And so I have to be very meticulous about how I spend my time. But there was that moment after probably 45 episodes and 46, I think is the one that popped off. So 45 episodes, I'm like, I might just quit today. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking at what, how many I'm like, well, maybe I'll do five more in order to make it to the in make it to 50, which would be really cool. And I was like, well, maybe I'll stop today. Maybe this will be it. Maybe 45 is all I'm going to do. And we'll figure something out because after making 45 videos and spending two hours a day on each video, like that is tiring. And if you're not getting any traction, if you're not gaining any audience, if people aren't watching, it's like, well, this is cool. I'm, I'm enjoying making this, but how do I, like, what, what value am I adding? So I, I had a question of like, maybe I'll just start making longer videos. Maybe I'll start making like similar videos, but videos that have more value that are just a little bit more strung out. So it's like, I was going to make one every other week or something or every week. And it was just going to be kind of like, okay, like, okay, well, here's a video a week. I do 52 videos in a year. And they were just going to kind of be simple, like Instagram reel type videos that were just going to have a little bit more of, I guess, thought. But the daily mile is one of those things that isn't really well thought out. It's just like, oh, we're going to make a video today. Whatever it is, is what it is. It's not going to be perfect. But yeah, wait, what was the, what was the original question? I got on a little bit of a tangent. Sorry. Um, I think it was just, I asked you to talk a little bit more about the topic oh, of just kind yeah, of yeah. not, not giving up, I guess. And just, yeah. That. Yeah. But that was, that was I, I, so what I did in that moment, I, I was sitting there in my room and I was like, I don't know if I can make any more of these videos. I pulled out my notebook and I was like, okay, I'm going to start writing down like some of these things. Like, why can I not make videos? Like why, what is stopping me? What does the future look like for this? So I wrote down a bunch of stuff in my notebook and I was like, how can I create videos that are going to add value, but still just be me. And I started writing some stuff down. I started praying about it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to keep making, I'm going to make a couple more. I'm going to at least make it to 50. And I decided at that moment, like I felt like a lot, I had a lot of clarity whenever I was writing stuff down in my notebook. And because of that clarity, I was able to continue pursuing. I continued to make a few more episodes and one of those episodes, I guess it was the Christmas Eve one, is the one that ended up really popping off. And that one started getting some traction. And I was like, okay, this is actually doing really well, which was just cool to see. Yeah. You go to Mississippi College. So what stood out there to you and why did you ultimately decide to make the decision to go there? So Mississippi College was one of those places that had a really good coach and it had a really good atmosphere. It was a Christian university, and I loved it. Whenever I went on my visit, I felt like I was family there. I felt like I was just at home. Everyone was so funny and just having a good time, and they were goof around. We were, we were like the type of team that just dances on the starting line that everyone probably hates, and we listen to loud music, and it's just that's who we are. 
And I was kind of drawn to that because it was goofy. It wasn't this super serious, like the super serious, all consumed mentality. It was like, we're going to be all in and we're going to still have fun with this. And we're going to know when it's the right time to be serious. And that was one of the things that really connected with me whenever I was looking at colleges to go to, because I looked at going to LSU, I talked to the coach there and he just, it, it just didn't feel right. It felt like I was just kind of like going to be a number, no, another number there. They didn't have a very good distance program. I could tell it wasn't really growing. And I was like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't really want to be a part of this. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to try to find a good university. And I ended up finding Mississippi College. And it was just that place where the academics were really good. The school was really good. Like the, it was a beautiful campus and the coach was incredible. And I said, this is, this is going to be where I want to spend the next four years of my life. I want to try to grow as an athlete here. And so that was kind of the, ultimately the decision that put me there. And over the last four years, the program's just grown immensely, especially on the distance side. We've just started popping off, I guess. We went from, we were, I think it was, I'm trying to think of how many years, I think it was like seven years ago, we were dead last in our conference. And then we were able to win conference indoor, uh, I guess last year. And then we've been like second or third, usually in our conference. And we were 12th in the nation last year across. And it's, it's just been crazy. But we're we're just trying to get back. And this past season, we were we had I was injured, and then one of our other top guys was injured. So I don't I don't remember what we, what exactly we placed. It may have been like top twenty, but it wasn't it wasn't twelfth again. But it was still like the fact that we're twelfth in the nation was kind of like oh shoot we're moving up here. Yeah, if you're an athlete going to a university, I guess if you it feels like it's has like some traction, and it feels like it's kind of growing. Other than going there and trying to be the best runner that you can, what do you feel like are some things that an athlete can do at a university to make it seem like an environment like yours? I guess not necessarily like they don't have to like goof off too and stuff, but how do they, Mm -hmm. how can they make it like unique to themselves? Do you think? Mm, Can you restate the question? I want to hear just. Yeah. Um, so I guess, how do you think athletes can, um, can make community in their college, I guess, other than trying oh, I mean, to be a good runner. I mean, I feel like you automatically have built-in co- – you already you automatically have built-in community, but, yeah, I mean, you have built-in community with the people that you're waking up every morning at 6 a.m. with to go out and run. Like, that's automatically a community. But to build a strong – I guess maybe culture is the better word. To build yeah. a strong culture in a university or at a, in a team, it's important to just – get along with each other. It's important to just understand that everyone's different and understand that I, one of the, one of my favorite, favorite things that my coach does is he, he gives us a Myers-Briggs personality test right before every season, he'll hand us a Myers-Briggs test. And so he figures out what our personality types are. And based upon these personality types, he tailors our training to our personality pretty much. And he tailors the way that he talks to us and coaches us to what our personality type is. So I am personally like an ENTP extroverted, intuitive thinking, uh, I forget what the P is, but P versus J, I guess perceptive, I think is what it is or something like that. But the P is like the type of person who is very like, go with the flow, like, oh, I can do whatever, like whenever, yeah, like I don't have to have a plan. And the J is the person that's like, oh, I need structure. I need like every hour of my day planned out. And he uses this idea of like P versus J and the Myers-Briggs to coach us. And he's, he's like, well, this athlete is very go with the flow. But if I try to make this athlete go with the flow, they don't perform very well. So he's like, well, how can I coach them? And so because we have this atmosphere of 
we're, we're kind of have individual coaching, I guess we're able to build a stronger community because we don't have this conflict, I guess, with our coaches and we just kind of get along with each other. Like we'll, we'll just go out and we'll go and get dinner with, as a team and we'll hang out all the time and we're at practice and we eat at the lunch table every day together. And that's just, it's just kind of some of the things that we do. It's not, it's not necessarily like trying to force community. It's just kind of like it happens because we just all get along. I feel like a lot of the reasons we get along is just because our coach understands our individual personality. Yeah, that's super cool. That's cool that he does the personality test at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. I've like never heard of anything like that. Yeah. But and so he uses those num like whatever all the letters are. The extroverts are like over here and the introverts are over here. And he's like, Well, I gotta make the introverts feel a little bit more extroverted today. One of my favorite things that he's done with this is he'll give someone so I'm a P, like the P is the person who's like very go with the flow, and the J is the person who's very structured. But he'll give someone who's like a P, he'll give them the plan. And he'll make the J's just like, he won't give them the plan for the workout. So he'll tell me, he's like, what you're going to do, you're going to run for 300 meters. Then you're going to run 200 off. Then you're going to run 300 on. Then you're going to run 200 off. Then you're going to run, run 300 on. And then you're going to stop. And the, he'll, he will, he'll tell me and I'll be like a leader or whatever. And the other people won't know. The people who are the very structured personality type, the J's, they won't know what the plan is. And so I start the workout and they just have to trust me. And so because they have to trust me, they have, it builds this relationship with me and my teammates where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to help you get through this. And we carry that same mentality into races. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Um, what are you studying there? I'm studying uh, business, just entrepreneurial business is what it is specifically. Are you a senior right now? I am a senior. So coming out of college, what do you think is the ideal job? Like I know also uh, one thing I wanted to touch on was the, um, it's the, your business. Is it, it's over everything athletics. I want I keep yeah. on wanting to say athletics over everything, yeah. but it's <laughs> over everything athletics. Over everything athletics. But, but I yeah. guess, can you talk about that a little bit and about the start of that? And then also I'm assuming you want to keep that going and grow that when you get out of college, but yeah. Yeah, so I might take another year. We'll go. We'll start right there. I might take another year to get my master's. I, I have another year of eligibility, so I might get like an MBA and just kind of continue to dive into business. But I, as far as over everything goes, like OE was this company that I started. Uh, I guess this technically the the motto of intentions over everything because that's what it's built off of. It's built off of intentionality. Technically, that motto came from Virginia. Uh, what was that two summers ago something like that where we were living out in a house it was some of my some me and my teammates we had a house kind of outside of lynchburg virginia and we were just training out there and we were running the gravel roads and the hills and everything and i felt like i was just kind of in this creative rut and i was like well i just want to like make something make stuff that's true to me i wanted to be more intentional about how i spent my time there and so i started really focusing on making stuff that i wanted to make and so i started making just random videos that were just fun and rediscovering what that meant and as I kind of got into the season, I wanted to carry this idea of intentionality into the season of like, this is what I want to do that, that I want to be able to follow through on my actions. I want to be able to follow through on what I say. And it didn't really go according to plan. I kind of lost sight of what that whole process looked like. I kind of lost sight of where I was going. And I was like, well, I got to, I got to figure this out again. And so I was able to kind of reset at the, I guess that was in January of 2023. So in January of this past year, I was able to kind of reset that was right after nationals. Uh, I was devastated at nationals. I had the flu there and I was kind of at like a rock bottom after that. 
experience. I, I just felt like garbage and I could barely run. I, I think I'd had the flu like four weeks before that, but I felt like garbage, could barely run. And then in that January, in January at that point, I said, I got to figure out what I'm going to do from here. And so I said, well, let's go back to this idea of intentionality. Let's go back to building up good habits. Let's be intentional about just doing the little things right and just building up that strength and just moving forward. And so I started just doing the little things right. I'd wait, I was that crazy guy that was waking up at 5 a.m. on my team to go to the cold plunge before practice at 6. And people looked at me like I was insane. I, I think I was insane. I, <laughs> I'll be honest with you there. Like, that, that's crazy. And I, but I did it because it was, this, it was structure in my life. Because I, like I said before, I'm very much a P. And I needed some structure in my life. So I needed to have that J mentality. And so I, I just started kind of finding that structure and being intentional about what I was doing there. And as I kind of started building the structure into my life, I was able to find more balance and I was able to race better. And I was able to mentally be more aware of where I was and mentally able to conquer the workouts better. And then by the time I got to the summer, which was this past summer, whenever I was with 10 Man and stuff, I wasn't really focused on the brand, but I'd built the brand up. I kind of started just selling some random hats in maybe it was February or March. I had some hats and then I established myself as an LLC and was able to get my tax ID and all sorts of all that business jargon and stuff. But I was able to kind of create a brand and sell some random hats and kind of build off of this motto. So I was pursuing this business fully. I was pursuing running fully and I was pursuing just building good habits fully. So like we were talking about earlier, being able to balance these pillars that I care about, these pillars of life. and I was, I was just able to balance these things well. And because I had that structure in my life, because I had those habits in my life, that's what kind of carried me through to be able to build this company. And then in the summer, I, I was like, well, I'm going to start trying to just run a hundred mile weeks. And so I just, I just said, Hey, we're just going to try to do this thing and we're gonna see what happens. And so I just started just throwing in some miles, just putting them in the cookie jar and just trying to get out there each and every day and run. And I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be a hard pursuit. It was going to be challenging. It was going to be potentially one of the hardest things I'd ever done in my life. I didn't care. I was just going to go out and do it. And I had this mentality of run the mile you're in, like just be present in that, in that current moment. It wasn't always the easiest. I didn't, every time I stepped out the door, I didn't feel good. There were some days where I was like, I can't move right now. I remember one day in particular, it was maybe the day after a really hard workout or two days after I went out to run and I was like, Oh, I'll run about six miles right now. And I made it two. And I was like, Nope, that's it. So that's, that's all I can run right now. And it was just, it, every day wasn't easy, but every day I got out there and tried to do something. And I, I want to say I, I ran two miles and I may have come back and doubled later that day, but every day was not easy. It wasn't all rainbows and like everything. It was, it was challenging. It was hard. And I had this mindset of if it was easy, everyone would do it. And I said, well, we're just going to go out there and just see what we can do. So that was kind of the mentality I had about the, about the business and about the, season as I kind of went into the summer and what I was able to do whenever I came back in the fall, I kind of had some t-shirts in mind that I wanted to create. And I've slowly been able to kind of get some sweatshirts and some hoodies and stuff and actually reinvest all the money that I had with the company because I, I started the company off of like a hundred bucks and I bought some t-shirts or something with, a, or I bought some hats and got them embroidered randomly, like locally. So I bought some hats at wholesale or like 20 of them or something. And I had them embroidered locally. And so I started the company with a hundred bucks and I was like, well, we'll see what happens here. And slowly but surely it started to grow and I was able to build up some revenue. And with that revenue, I was able to just keep moving forward. So by the time I got to the fall and I was making t-shirts and stuff, I was able to build up a little bit more revenue and I was still making YouTube videos and the YouTube videos were doing well now. And 
because I had this motto of intentionality and I was able to, that's what the whole brand was built on. I was living my life in an intentional way, especially in the fall, after all the mileage, after everything in the summer, it was like, I was living my life in an intentional way. And then it all came crashing down with the injury and stuff. But I was able, I was like, well, we're, we're going to start the daily mile. We're going to start being intentional about how we put our time in there to make sure we can come back stronger in the future. And so from there, it was, it was like, well, let's keep making stuff. Let's keep making products. Let's try pushing these products out. I have more time on my hands. I can grow a company now. I can invest all my time into that. And being able to invest my time into that while also investing my time into swimming and also investing my time in building my relationship with the Lord and building, spending time with my girlfriend and like all of these things that were going on. I was like, well, we're going to just see what we can do. And trying to balance these pillars isn't always easy. But I feel like people enjoyed the journey and people were inspired. And because I was able to inspire people, they, they hopped on and they were like, I, I like this brand. I want to support you. I want to be a part of this. And so that's kind of the mentality I'm carrying into the new year. I am hoping to just continue to build the brand. Outside of running, what are some hobbies that you enjoy? Um, mainly photography. I got a film camera around here someplace that my girlfriend got me for Christmas that I've been messing around with. Uh, I'm mainly photography and videography. I'm trying to think of some other things that, I mean, those have always been kind of the big thing. Um, I enjoy reading whenever I get the chance to. I don't know if that counts as a hobby, but <laughs> reading reading is very enjoyable because I feel like I can learn so much from looking at other people's experiences, looking at what other people have learned and learning how other people think. I can learn so much in doing that. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I probably have some hobbies I'm just not thinking of right now. I used to be really good at yo-yo whenever I was like in sixth grade or something. <laughs> I do all the tricks and stuff. That's just like a hidden talent, I guess. But <laughs> I, I have a bunch of like random hidden talents, I think. Um, I have a ukulele over here, so I play guitar and ukulele sometimes. So we got the uke right here. <laughs> I, I play this every now and then. So I guess guitar. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's it's cool that you have like a bunch of just little things. Sometimes you know you can just not mm -hmm. do it and then just pull it out randomly. But yeah, what's your favorite thing to photograph other than running? I guess. So running is fun. Uh, nature is really enjoyable. I, I love going on trips where I can to the mountains where I can photograph nature, photograph things that are going on, or even just photographing people and being able to kind of tell their stories through photos is something that I'm kind of striving to do more of. I'm not always the greatest at it and I don't always have access to that, but I want to kind of tell more of people's stories through photo, which is like I said, like I said earlier, Telling a story through video is probably easier, but much more challenging than telling a story through a photo. Because whenever you tell a story through a video, it's like, okay, you have these clips and you can talk and you can express how you feel through the audio and kind of add in visuals on top. And so it's, it's kind of like you have, a, you have multiple parts that you're working with. With a photo, it's like you have one frame and this one frame needs to tell a story. And by telling a story, I, I don't know how you're going to tell a story, but good luck here. Try to capture this and try to capture how this person's feeling and try to edit this photo to make it feel like what this person is feeling or what this moment felt like. And so I, I, I feel like it's definitely challenging there. And maybe, maybe just like people and their stories is, is something I want to start photographing more, but I'm, I enjoy photographing it. I want to start photographing it more. And maybe that's something I'll start doing more in 2024. But <laughs> How do you feel like you get better at photography other than just like going out and shooting i feel like creative like not necessarily like creativity but how do you feel like like for like settings and stuff like for myself like i feel like i'm good at like setting up like some stories i feel like like 
at like the pictures I take, but I feel like settings I just like don't understand. So how do you feel like you get better at that if you just like don't um, understand just, it that much? Honestly, just practice. Just research. Like, or... Yeah, just research, practice, look up YouTube videos, watch your watch photographers and see kind of how they take photos, what their styles are. And there's so much that I could talk about with photography. But if you just take your camera and you go out and you shoot a photo and the photo looks terrible, then bring it back in a Lightroom and be like, okay, well, this, this looks terrible. Like, what, why is this photo bad? And look at it and be like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot a better photo next time. And the more you shoot with your camera, the more you shoot with your phone, whatever you're shooting with, the more you shoot with that device, you're going to be able to gain understanding of how it works and you're going to get more natural with it. Like I can just maneuver my camera and like, four different maneuvers and I'm like, oh, well, here's the settings I need right here. And I just click. And it's like almost second nature to me just because I've been doing it enough. And it's the same way. Like it's just like putting in your 10,000 hours of, okay, I need to practice right now so I can get those hours in and try my best to just take the best photo that I can and learn how to take better photos. Same way with the video, same way with running, same way with anything. It's like put in the hours, put in the time, put in the consistent work to grow. And if you put in consistency, you're going to grow. Moving on to a few would you rather's here. Would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? Uh probably hmm, that's tough. I probably live twice as long. I feel like yeah, that I would feel be, like, I feel like you would see a lot. <laughs> yeah, it would be definitely like super sad at times because all of like your childhood friends you'd have to kind yeah. of watch pass away, but it would definitely be an interesting experience to like. Yeah, I don't. Live, I don't know. To... Like, maybe I, like if you had a bunch of money, it's like oh, okay, well that's cool. But like being able to spend more time with people is kind of maybe that's cooler. Yeah, being able to invest a little bit more, and especially like after you've lived at, after you're towards the end of your second lifetime, pretty much, you're, you have a lot of wisdom. And you can share that with other people, and yeah. you can be like, well, this is what I've learned in all this time, and so I feel like that would be something that's really cool. Would you rather be on a survival reality show or a dating game show? Mm, probably survival. I'm an Eagle Scout. So would survival you... would probably be that 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 level of I think I could do this. Would you if you went on Survivor, do you think you could win? Mm, I don't know. Survivor's one of those things where people like size you up and they're like, Oh, we're voting you off. And like that's that's kinda like sometimes it's luck of the draw. You have to be you have to play the game if you want to do it right. You could play the game and kind of maneuver your way through, but if you get sized up as someone who's kind of a threat, I mean, you're, you're counted off. So it's kind of like, uh. Yeah, you can't make any wrong moves or like you can't mm-hmm. not help at all. Or if you, yeah. if you get like one person starting to hate you, you're kind of done for. Yep. And so I, that yeah. one's more like tactical. So maybe not. I feel like if I was like on a, like a Bear Grylls type survival show where they were like, put me out in the woods for a week and were like, good luck. I, I feel like I can make it out of there. Yeah. But that's all I've got. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Running in Circles. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or send it in a group chat that you think might enjoy it as well. I'm your host, Zach Hamilton, and I'll see you next time on Running in Circles.